solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And ladies and gentlemen, before we get started, I do want to remind everyone to please subscribe to Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave a five-star review. On today's show, On yesterday, we had an opportunity to talk to Mark Ingram as he was introduced as a member of the Houston Texans, and he had a lot of great things to say, talking about his health, talking about how he envisioned him, David Johnson, and Phillip Lindsay working together in the backfield this season. However, I want to focus in on something he said about David Culley because it seems to me that even before David Culley had an opportunity to coach this team and let's face it, coach any team as a matter of fact as the head coach, Culley has already gained the respect of his players and that is going to be huge given everyone being concerned on if the Texans have put David Culley in a position to have a successful career as the head coach of the Texans. So we're going to get into that first and then later on in the show we're going to continue our free agency tour across the Locked On Podcast Network. Today we will be joined by our brother Mr. Tony Wiggins the host of Locked On Jaguars as we discuss the Texans signing of wide receiver Chris Conley. And then we're going to wrap up the show today talking about my selection during the Locked On NFL mock draft where I took Texans safety Caden Stearns with the Texans 67th overall pick. And before we get started today, guys, I do want to inform you all that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Texans sent you. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, yesterday we had an opportunity to talk to Mark Ingram, who was finally introduced as a member of the Houston Texans. And after two seasons with the Baltimore Ravens, Ingram had the opportunity to speak on a variety of topics, ranging from his health all the way to how he envisioned him, David Johnson, and Phillip Lindsay playing together in the backfield. Now, let me just say this before moving on, before I talk about the actual topic that I want to discuss about what Mark Ingram had to say. I'm not about to sit here and talk about how I envision these three guys playing together in the backfield because I do believe that A, Mark Ingram is going to be your third down back and B, it doesn't matter what take place during OTAs and training camp, Phillip Lindsay will be the Texans starting running back starting week one of the regular season. And then when it comes to David Johnson, I do believe that he will be used best as a pass catcher coming out of the backfield. And yes, Lindsey and Mark Ingram can be just as good of a pass catcher as David Johnson. However, that is still Johnson's best quality as a running back. And I'm pretty sure the Texans will not put him in a position where he will be unable to use his best asset given how crowded this backfield is. And two, Ingram's health. Of course, when Ingram signed with this team a couple weeks ago, I, just like the rest of you, 
was a little bit concerned because Ingram did not have a great season last year. In fact, it was by far the worst season of his career. And part of the reason why he derailed so much during the 2020 season was his health. But on yesterday, when asked about his health, Ingram said the same thing. Every single player says this time of the year. This is the best he feels. He is taking part in this type of activity. He is taking part in this type of diet to make sure that his body can sustain the wear and tear of an NFL season. And it's the prototypical answer every single player gives. And to be honest with you guys, so far, we have spoken to three members of the Houston Texans as of right now during their media availability, David Johnson, Marcus Cannon, and now Mark Ingram. And all three of them said the same thing regarding their health and how they're feeling as of now. However, Mark Ingram did say something that really caught my eye. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. And that was his statement regarding David Cully. Now, as you guys know, Mark Ingram played under David Cully during his two-year stint with the Baltimore Ravens. And when asked about his decision on why he decided to come to Houston, Mark Ingram flat out said part of the reason why he wanted to come to the Texans was simply due to the fact that they had David Cully as their head coach. And in his statement on why he chose the Texans, Mark Ingram said, playing for Coach Cully, that made it an easy transition for me. The type of man that he is, it's a great opportunity that I'm extremely excited about. And later on in his press conference, Mark Ingram went on to describe Coach Cully as a player's coach who will have the respect of the locker room and as someone who will hold his players accountable for their actions. And I wanted to focus in on that because... It kind of brought me back to the conversation that John and myself had last week when we looked at the moves that Nick Casario made and we saw the players that he brought in. We saw the number of players that has somewhat of a relationship with Cully. And John and I wondered, did those moves help put David Cully in a position that can have him at least have a successful tenure here as the head coach of the Houston Texans. Now, I understand the majority of David Cully's time in Houston will be judged on the win and loss column as a head coach here. But every single day that passes by and every single week that passes by, and now that we are starting to hear from these Texans players, makes me believe that there is a possibility that Cully might be a successful coach here in Houston. Because in sports, sometimes it does not matter what you implement for your X's and O's. One of the hardest things to do as a head coach, especially a first-year head coach, especially someone like David Cully, who, in the Texans' case, hired this man when you had several other candidates to choose from, one of the hardest things for a coach to do is to gain the respect of his players. And I know it's still early, but every single player that has spoken out about David Cully so far, they always talk about the respect and admiration they have for this man. Mark Ingram has said it. David Johnson said it on Monday. Marcus Cannon said it on Monday. And you're looking at two other guys in Johnson and Cannon who do not and does not have the type of relationship that Mark Ingram already has with Cully. And those are just three players that we heard from this week. Let's not forget, just last week, and I reported on this story for the Texans Wire, a part of USA Today, that Chris Conley, 
When he signed with this organization, he said one of the reasons why he decided to come to Houston was to be reunited with David Culley. And I also want to mention that Chris Conley had some of the best seasons of his career when Coach Culley coached him as his wide receiver coach during his time with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I understand that it will be David Culley's duty to create a coaching philosophy, a game plan that will put his players in a position to be successful every single Sunday out there on the field. And that will ultimately determine whether or not he will have a successful coaching career here in Houston. But at the same time, I also want to acknowledge how important it is for a coach, especially a first-year head coach like David Culley, to have the respect of his players this early. And speaking of Chris Conley, up next, we will be joined by Locked On Jaguars host Tony Wiggins as we discuss Conley's time as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost three hundred fifty three. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Get all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sports with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now joining me here on Locked On Texans is a guy I am pretty sure you all are familiar with, Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked On Jaguars. Tony, what's going on, my brother? And welcome back to Locked what's On happening? Texans. I'm doing good, man. I'm so anxious. I'm talking over you, man. I'm doing good. My brother from another mother. What's happening? Doing well, man. Doing well. I think you're just anxious because this is possibly the first time we're doing like a mini crossover where the, where the future of our franchises ha has turned. You know, when, when I started this podcast, you guys was at the end of the AFC South. Me and John, we used to laugh at you guys because we thought we was going to be sitting high and mighty for a very long time. And within a year, man, things have changed. Yeah, it, it has. I mean, it's really uh, the, the fortunes of this franchise have have really flipped and uh, 
it, it was hard to pick at us because we picked it ourselves now. I mean, you you know me, man. I was all on it. I was like, you know, you can't call me names when I call myself names. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And the best, the, the hardest kids to rank on in school are the kids that used to get ranked on because they heard everything. So the thing about uh, the Jaguars right now is they have high football self-esteem. And what I mean by that is chins are up, chests are sticking out, and it's tangible. It's real. And it's real because they really believe and they have a reason to believe because Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. And Urban Meyer is a win-now guy, and he gives them confidence. So uh, from that perspective, everything is good. A lot of bad news right now out of Houston. Uh, I don't comment on it much because I don't know the facts. And these are very, very serious allegations uh, on, on both ends. One, from the the perspective of the ladies involved, and then from the perspective of Deshaun Watson. You know, I think there has to be a respect factor on both sides. Until we find out the facts, we don't say much. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. And every time I talk about it, I just end it off that it's really, it's just a really unfortunate bad situation for both sides. But what is not unfortunate is the arrival of Chris Conley. And that's what I brought you here on this show to talk about. So as someone who has covered Conley during his two-year stint with the Jacksonville Jaguars, how will you describe Conley's style of play? And what type of impact did he have on Jacksonville's offense? Well, I got the good and I got the not so good. So which one you want first? I want all of it. <laughs> Lay it all out. All right. So I, I'll give you the, the not so good. The not so good is there are times where they seem that there was a, a lack of concentration and there were plays that could be made that he did not make and uh, some drop balls. And it always seemed to happen in the same game. And there, there was just time that they were playing. Now, he was never the cause of them losing games. There was enough around him going on that caused the Jaguars to not be good. So I'll give him a mulligan to a sense that sometimes when things around you are not so good, you seem to press and you seem to put the pressure on you to, to feel that you have to make a play and you have to do too much because you don't trust the, the things around you and, and you start to press and have to, to try to do more than you're capable of doing. And that means taking your eyes off the ball, trying to make a play. You know, the old turn your head before you really get the ball into your hands to try to do more uh, than you should be doing. And I think sometimes that's what happened with him. Uh, but the good part of about it is there were times when he just absolutely looked brilliant. And he's a big guy. He's 6'3 plus. He's extremely fast in, in terms of straight line speed. He's a little stiff. But the best thing about him is he's a leader. And I know uh, football fans get tired of that. They, they want guys to lead by example in, the, in, the, uh, in their play. But what I mean is, is he's a leader of men and he, he earns the respect of his teammates. He's also a guy that took the lead in, in the social injustice. And the, uh, he took the lead in terms of the community. He was our Kenny Stills. So you know what that means. He was our guy that, that took the lead in terms of uh, ingratiating the, the team with the community and, 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 and building it with the police department and having a voice when all of the stuff that happened uh, with George Floyd happened. And, and really, he, was a, he wasn't a divider. He was really a bridge towards all of those different entities when it came to uh, the team and the community and the police department all coming together. He was a guy that when he grabbed the microphone, he galvanized the public. And that was a good thing. So from that perspective, it was good. But when the play on the field didn't match that, of course, you had those who 
weren't really down for that, they had something to say about it. Maybe he, you know, the whole quote unquote, maybe if he spent less time doing that, he could catch the ball type stuff. So, but he was a great person, a great citizen. He had games where he really, really played well here, but then he had those games where he didn't play well, but the games where he didn't play well, I think it was more of him trying to do too much and trying to really, really make the team play better when they weren't playing well. In your opinion, how much of his concentration was maybe due to the instability that was going on in Jacksonville last season? Because as you know, there was a lot going on, especially with the quarterback situation. Some of that has something to do with it. But, you know, I can't give him a total pass because there was some uh, games like last year uh, during the night game against Miami where they totally had momentum and he dropped the ball. And when he dropped that pass, it seemed like everything went south. And you go back and you look at that game, it's like, man, if he just, if he held on to that ball, they, they could have kept going and they would have scored and Miami wouldn't have gone on that run. And, and there were a couple of plays and a couple of situations. When you're not a good team, you need everything to go right. And there were a couple of situations where at the point in the apex of things turning around and going the wrong direction, Chris Conley was right in the center of it. And you don't, want that to be for a person that you consider to be your leader. Now, there was also times when he made plays when, when a play needed to happen. They mostly occurred when he first got here, though. That mostly occurred when he first got here. It didn't so much happen uh, this last season when things went really, really bad for this football team. So when he first got here, things were better. Last year, not so much. And one of the positives that I saw in Conley's signing is his size, because as of right now, the Texans do not have a big receiver on their roster. In fact, the main three guys that I'm pretty sure the Texans will be using in Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cutie, and Randall Cobb, all three of those guys stand below six foot. Chris Conley, as of right now, is the only receiver that stands over six foot. And if I'm not mistaken, he, he stands somewhere between six foot and six three. And it's always good to have that big receiver on your team because everyone knows a big receiver can use their physicality to create space between them and their defender. Now, with that being said, Tony, does Conley possess the physicality needed to create space between him and his defenders? He does. He does possess that. And you'll get that every now and then from him. So I like the fact that you guys have those guys in that room. And with the guys that you just mentioned, the cap the type of presence that he could bring will benefit Houston. However, if you expect too much of him, you won't get what you're asking for. Um, I think what he'll do is, and, and I know you guys might not want to hear this, but he'll do for you what Jalen Strong did for Jacksonville before he got hurt. And that's a guy that I know you guys are familiar with. He'll make plays and he'll flash and you'll wonder why he doesn't do it more. I think the biggest benefit that you guys will get from having Chris Conley in your locker room will be things you probably won't see on the field because I think he'll give an added dimension and he'll help bring along those young guys and allow them to be better on the field. Now, I don't know what the new coach wants and I don't know how it'll be used in the new system. I'm just trying to imagine him in the offense that you used to run. I don't even know who your quarterback's going to be based on the things that, that have gone on in the offseason. So from that from that perspective, sometimes guys get in their sixth and seventh year and they start to turn a corner and they become 
professional route runners and pass catchers. And what determines whether or not they do that and they become productive is their professionalism and the way that they carry themselves. And if that's an indicator of whether or not Chris Conley is able to do that, then I think he'll turn that corner and be that guy that in his sixth or seventh year, he'll be able to turn it on and be more like the guy he was in Kansas City than he was more like the guy he was in Jacksonville. And I honestly do believe the guy that he was in Kansas City, that is maybe a realistic opportunity, given the fact that he is now reunited with David Cully, who he said that was part of the main reason why he decided to come here to Houston. However, with that being said, and last question before I let you go, um, this is the second year in a row. Houston is stuck trying to replace what they lost in their top receiver. As we all know, 2020, we were trying to replace what DeAndre Hopkins brought to the table. Now this year, we're trying to replace place where Will Fuller brought to the table. Um, with that being said, do you believe Conley possessed the skill set to replace Fuller's production? Because once again, I'm pretty sure you remember, Will Fuller was on the track of a career year. He would have recorded, I believe, somewhere over 1,000 yards if it wasn't for that suspension. And two, do you think he would have the opportunity to create that dual combo threat alongside Brandon Cooks? I don't think he's a Will Fuller type. Uh, Will Fuller scares the defense pre-snap to take the top off. Even though Conley's fast, I think he clocked in at like a 4-3-4 at the combine. His speed will is a sneaky speed, meaning he's a big guy that when he catches it, if he catches a slant, he'll, he'll outrun you. He, he, if he catches that slant and he's at the 35-yard line, he'll, he'll creep between both of those safeties and score a touchdown. That's what he might do because – you won't realize how fast he is. Will Fuller, though, gets off of the plane and you know how fast he is. And, and he'll make the safety back up pre-snap. So he's a different type of player. What Conley can give you, though, is a bit of a red zone uh, target. And he'll also give you the availability that Will Fuller doesn't give you, meaning Will Fuller also is a guy who gets off a plane and might pull a hamstring. So Conley's not that type of dude. Conley's going to be ready. He's going to be available. He's going to play. And he'll catch the ball in traffic. And he's also a good blocker downfield. So he's a little bit different than Will Fuller, but he's not as scary of a player from a down to down. Uh, if they're both in the huddle, I'm a little bit uh, more afraid of Will Fuller than I am of Chris Conley. Tony Wiggins, host of Locked On Jaguars. Tony, real quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? At Shop Talking Wig on Twitter and uh, at Locked On Jaguars, of course, on Twitter. Every single day on Wednesdays, it's uh, locked on NFL with James Rapine on a national show. So we're dropping it, man. We're dropping it like it's hot, man. Dropping it like fish in grease. Every Wednesday, man, we we letting it loose. So y'all can catch me doing that too, man. So we're we bringing it, man. And we're going to talk to you twice this year, man. And, and hopefully you guys won't be doing too bad. I picked y'all to finish dead last today on my podcast. So you can check that out. I, I said, y'all boys doing bad over there in Houston, man. You know, you know, so it is what it is. And before moving on, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to remind everyone about betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And make sure you guys sign up before Saturday, especially if you are in Houston, as our Houston Krugers will be representing the city of Houston in Saturday's Final Four matchup against the Baylor Bears. Let's go, H-Town. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts with promo code Locked On. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sakima and Benjamin Solak as they give you the latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft prospects. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are less than a month away from the 2021 NFL Draft. And as we all know, as of right now, the Houston Texans have eight draft selections in this year's draft, starting with their 67th pick in the third round. And on yesterday, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we actually concluded our mock draft. And ladies and gentlemen, because the Texans were the only team who had a draft selection starting outside of the second round, I was the last pick of the Locked On Texans mock draft. And with the 67th pick, I decided to draft Caden Stearns, the safety from Texas. This is a guy who exploded onto the national scene during the 2018 college football season when he was awarded the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year honors. And it was a little bit unfortunate what happened during his sophomore year at UT because he sustained a knee injury. However, this past season was a bounce back season for Stearns as he was able to showcase the ability that made him one of the top defensive backs as a freshman in 2018. He played three seasons with the University of Texas, recorded 173 tackles, five interceptions, and two sacks. And part of the reason why I decided to select Stearns with my draft selection was because I love his ability to keep the play in front of him. Because I do believe the more defensive players that you have who can keep the play in front of them, the less the opposing team has an opportunity to create those big plays down the field. And ladies and gentlemen, that was an Achilles heel that the Houston Texans had in 2020. They gave up too many big plays down the field that resulted in the Texans losing a lot of winnable games. I.e., let's just go back and take a look at the last game, the season finale against the Tennessee Titans. This was an opportunity for the Texans to end their dreadful 2020 season with a win, we all remember, Keon Crossan blew a coverage on A.J. Brown, which allowed Ryan Tannehill to connect with Brown that set the Titans up for a game-winning field goal. And there are so many other plays that I can go back to and, and just show you guys or talk to you guys how the Texans always gave up big plays downfield that resulted in the loss for them. But that was just one of the plays that I just thought about from the top of my head. But one of the best qualities that he has as a safety is someone who can stop the run. And we all know the Texans need a lot of guys who are capable at stopping the run in order to improve their run defense for this upcoming season. So if Stearns is still sitting there by the time the Texans make their draft selection with the 67th overall pick, I'm hoping that the Texans draft this guy because I do believe whatever team 
decides to take a chance on Stearns will end up with one of the biggest steals in this year's draft. And more importantly for the Houston Texans, they need to make sure that they draft a defensive player with their first overall pick. And if you don't agree with me by saying the Texans should select Stern with a 67th overall pick, don't worry. Because Stearns is the first of many prospects that John and I will highlight here on Locked on Texans as we get you guys ready for this upcoming and important NFL draft. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.